0: Father God, I ask uh, that you would do a miracle this morning, that you would,
1: the creator
0: of the universe,
1: the
0: sovereign God, would speak to us. That we would be able to hear you. Holy Spirit, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts. That would be prepared to listen. That we would not speak back or resist what you say to us. God, I pray this morning through your word that you would give us a more accurate picture of who you are you are and then also a more accurate picture of who we are and who you are making us to be please do that in Jesus name amen alright so the last few times that I have preached I talked about what we are about and specifically who we are about as Living Stones Pedras Vivas and that who is about Jesus and I hope that that's clear as we walk through each time and we talk about what's important to us. But again, this is another time to DTR, to define the relationship. For you to consider, what's my commitment to these people,
1: to this church? Uh, If
0: that's the initial commitment or the renewal of a commitment, but you need to understand who we are and what we're about if you're going to bind yourselves together with us as we proclaim and as we demonstrate Jesus Christ. And so we started with our mission statement.
1: Our purpose,
0: why we exist, is to, to be and to make followers or disciples of Jesus. that occurs in and through the church. That occurs as we come together and as we seek to follow Jesus Christ together. Now, if we together are supposed to proclaim and demonstrate the fullness of Jesus, we shouldn't just share about Jesus with our words Okay, we should share about Jesus with our words but it shouldn't just be about our words and what we proclaim but we should also be a visible image an example that displays who Jesus is as we live life together We proclaim Jesus, but our lives together, as people look at us, as the world sees us, as we see each other, it should be displaying Jesus. Right? We should see this image of the church, the body, the body of Jesus, right? We we make Jesus known. And so the question this morning that I want us to consider is do we together as Jesus' church as Jesus' body do we living stones are we an accurate image of Jesus and His body? Are we truthfully
1: displaying
0: who he is in this neighborhood, in our lives as we interact with others? Or are we living a lie? We need to consider that. We need to stop. We need to take a look at ourselves. And think about how we look. Think about what image is it that we display. Are we displaying Jesus? And so if we need to reflect on how we look, on what image we present, I hope everyone looked in a mirror this morning. You wanted to know, I'm about to go out. I'm about to be in the world, right? I need to know how I look. Now, if you didn't, I want to give you some extra help. Okay? So everybody, I want you to take a look at yourselves. Look, 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 look. Take a look, like you're at home. Okay? You don't just glance at the mirror, right? We take a deep look at all
1: the parts, the places,
0: the wrinkles the imperfections
1: the good parts
0: the bad parts and i'm not saying anything specifically as i pass by certain people okay but i want you all to take a look robert the beard looks good all right
1: everybody with me take a look very
0: good feeling jordan right here take a look okay Larry. Hold on, I know you spent some time in the mirror this morning. All right. Everybody. Everybody see yourself in the mirror.
1: Am I missing anyone? I got them. Everybody
0: took a look? Alright. Now. Can anyone think of a better
1: mirror? A better way
0: to get an accurate accurate picture of who we are. God's Word is a mirror. It will accurately reflect to us who God is so we can see God clearly, but then also that we can see ourselves. And that we see ourselves accurately, who we are, or what we display, what image we project. And so what I want us to do this morning is for me to share. Well, this is what we want to display, our vision, right, as a church. And then I want to take God's Word and reflect on that and see if that's in God's Word. To see if this is what God's Word communicates to us. And then for us to think about, do we reflect that? Okay, so here's what we believe is how we should look, how we should display Jesus. Does that match with God's word? And then, what things in our lives need to adjust to God's word so that we do display the image that He communicates? Does that make sense? Alright. So, our vision statement who we are, who we're becoming, what we display. A reconciled and reconciling multi-ethnic multilingual
1: multi-class gospel
0: centered community and we talked about the reconciled and the reconciling last time That it's all about relationships. And it's about God restoring those relationships, making those relationships right. All relationships. Our, our vertical relationship with God to be made right. Our, our horizontal relationship with each other to be made right. Our, our internal relationship within ourselves to be made right. And our external relationship with the creation to be made right. God is and has begun and will continue to fully reconcile those relationships. That was Jesus' ministry, and it's this ministry that he's given to us,
1: to his church, to his body, to his
0: family. So what's the primary way for us,
1: what's the primary
0: relationship that we live this reconciliation out
1: to display Jesus
0: what do you guys think is the main relationship that puts on display this reconciliation that is occurring in us because of Jesus so go back to my vertical, horizontal, internal external, what's the way that people see the most this reconciliation those in favor. Tim says, "Loving your neighbor, right? That's the way that the world, the way that our neighbor, right, sees the most these horizontal relationships that we have with each other, right?" Jesus says, "You love one another, and the world is going to know me. You, you, you see one another, how you love one another, as your relationships are reconciled. I'm going to be made known. I'm going to be put on display. Right? We're not talking about the proclamation. We're talking about displaying Jesus. That we would look like the body of Jesus." No. Everybody with me? So the horizontal relationships. The multi-ethnic. The multi-class. The multilingual relationships we have with each other because because we're a gospel centered community. Because we're in Jesus, now we display these horizontal relationships. Everybody with me? Sort of. So I want us to look at the word.
1: Because
0: some of you have questioning looks on your face.
1: Really? Uh, horizontal
0: relationships? That's how we're gonna make Jesus known?
1: That's how we're gonna display, that's how we're gonna be a picture of Jesus?
0: And so I want us to look at Colossians and we're going to consider his word and what his word says about how we are to look. What we're to display. And if you look at the book of Colossians in chapter 2, Paul is giving instructions or a description to the church, this church in Colossae, about how they are to continue to live their lives together in Jesus. Right? This is how you're going to live your lives together as a gospel-centered community in Christ with one another. So let me read verse 9 and 10. Chapter 3, and then we'll focus on verse
1: 11.
0: So verse 9 and 10 in English and then in Spanish. It says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its Creator. So, verse 9 says we've put off this old self, this old way that we would interact with each other, that we would relate to each other before Jesus. Right? How we responded and had relationships before Jesus, that old self has been put off. And we're to put on, verse 10 says, this new self but this new self it's not me it's not you it's not an individual it's the church it's us this new self that we're a part of this body of Christ that we're a part of and we need to see that differently. That's how we put on this new way of interacting with one another as we live life together following Jesus, this new self. And as we live together in Christ, we're being renewed in knowledge, in the image of our Creator. We're being renewed, we're being made more and more and more to display our Creator. In Colossians, it's a direct reference to Jesus. You're going to look more and more like the image of Jesus. You're going to display Jesus more and more as you live life together as this new self. And so what does that look like? What does it look like to look like Jesus? As a body, as this new self, us together, the church. And Paul gives a description to them, to this church in Colossae in verse 11. Here, not later, not in heaven. Not in a time to come, but here, now, in the church, in Colossate, all those years before, here there is not there is not Gentile or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised Barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all here in the church as we're renewed in the image of Jesus to display Jesus there are not these things these differences that make distinctions amongst us that separate us in the church these things are not To exist in the body of Christ. They're not to be displayed. We're not to reflect these divisions, these distinctions. And it talks about ethnicity. It talks about cultural practices. It talks about languages. And it talks about class. These are all things that normally, that naturally divide us. Naturally, if you are on the opposite side of one of these groups, you don't have Deep connected family relationships. They're barriers to this type of relationship that we are supposed to have in the church as we live out these horizontal relationships. In the world, we divide and we separate along these barriers, we don't cross them unless we have to. And they don't naturally occur. You have to be intentional. To cross these barriers, to break down these barriers. And here in the church, in Christ's body, that's not to be displayed. So let me explain to you those different types of relationships or barriers. The first is Jew or Gentile, and that's a difference in ethnicity. At this time, that was the most important identifying factor about someone and specifically for the Jews. If you were a Jew, if that was your ethnicity, that meant I'm in. That meant, I'm part of God's family. I am an insider. I have a safe place. And if I'm not a Jew, or if you're not a Jew, then you're out. You're an outsider. You're not in the family. And we are separated. There's a distinction that results in a division. And as you read through scriptures, this was huge in the church. This was such a big deal for their minds to change that God had to give a vision to Peter who, as the church began... He puts him in a trance. This sheet comes down. It's crazy stuff that's happening, but basically, God says to so all people, even those people. Think about you're those people. Who is it when you see them? Like, oh, look at those people. You gotta say those people. Those people our potential family members. Those people. Circumcised or uncircumcised. And this essentially is a difference of cultural cultural or religious practices or traditions. The way that we seek God, uh, how our culture influences that. Because so much about being Jewish was about how you obeyed the law and how you obeyed those traditions and that you had to follow those exactly as they had been prescribed to you so that you could feel safe about being in the family and again this was a struggle in the church as the church begins Peter had received this vision from God that even those people would be included and those people would have different Cultural and traditional practices. And Peter hears that, and he's at this church that Paul has planted that includes all of these Gentiles. And he's sitting at the table with them, having table fellowship. Identifying with them. Basically proclaiming we're a part of the same family as we share this meal together. And we sit at this table. And the table for a Jew was where there was all of these rules. All of these traditions about the food. And how the food was prepared. And how the food was served. And how we were going to eat.
1: But Peter is hanging
0: out at the table with all those people. Because he heard God's word. And he says they're a part of my family. But then his Jewish brothers from the church they come and they see him and it says that Peter withdraws from the table, withdraws from the Gentiles. I can't be seen with those people doing and participating in their traditions and their cultures. That might mean that I'm not in. And he slowly withdraws back with the pressure of the people like him. And Paul confronts Peter. He gives him the pow-pow. Right?
1: <laughs>
0: Discipline. He's like, you are not, this is not according to the gospel. This is not according to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You cannot divide yourself based on these distinctions. That does not display Jesus. You've removed yourself from them where God has brought you together. Jesus came to reconcile, and you're breaking it apart. Barbarian, Scythian. So foundationally, this is about a difference of languages. Barbarians and Scythians were those within the Empire
1: that did not speak
0: Greek or Latin. They spoke this other language, not the official language. And the reason that they were called barbarians and then they were looked at as low class, unrefined, kind of nasty people, it's because when they spoke, it sounded like this. Bar, 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 bar. What are they saying? And why do they talk so fast in that weird language that makes no sense? And do they not know that I'm here and I don't speak their language? And I wonder if they're talking about me. And why don't they just learn to speak English? I mean Latin or Greek. You get my point? <inaudible> Barbar. Bar. those are the barbarians now it says the Scythians who were actually part of the bigger barbarian group but the Scythians were the worst of the barbarians so they were like the outcasts of the outcasts they were nasty people with a filthy language they were those people when you come across you would question why are they here What's their motivation? Do they have a criminal background? Do they have papers? Are they illegal? Are they going to change our culture? They're going to ruin our culture. They're going to ruin who we are with their unrefined language and culture. Slave or free? this is a difference of class of socioeconomic standing the culture at that time was driven by this idea
1: of reciprocity
0: basically I'm not going to be in a relationship with you
1: unless it benefits my
0: social standing grace says well that's still true today And I think it is. But it was very clear then. It was very understood. And it was very accepted. It was explicit at that time. That I will not be in relationship with those people of a lesser education. Of a lesser socioeconomic standing. lesser finances. A lesser way of life. Unless it benefits me somehow.
1: And so... For
0: us to be in relationship, it needs to benefit both of us. Why would I enter into a relationship if all it did was drag down my social standing? Because I was seen with you? And people might think that I was like you. Or one of you. If I enter into that relationship with you. And Paul is saying here, These distinctions should not divide us. They should not be demonstrated as we live life together in Christ, displaying
1: the image of our Creator, of Jesus.
0: So for us, What do we look like? What does the church in the U.S. look like? What, What is it that we're proclaiming? What is it that we're displaying? What image of Jesus do we project and show to the world when the world looks at the church? And I would say that as a whole the American church we are displaying a conservative, white, middle class,
1: educated,
0: English speaking Jesus. That's the image of Jesus that we display as a whole. Ethnicity. Sunday morning.
1: Statistically proven, study after study,
0: is the most segregated time of the week in the United States.
1: If you want
0: to see the U.S. completely segregated, it's Sunday morning. We divide based on our ethnicity, based on our race. When we first began Living Stones, the data that was available in regards to congregations in the U.S., Christian congregations, was that
1: 7.4% of
0: all congregations were multiracial or multi-ethnic that means that there was not one majority group of at least 80 plus percent. So, uh,
1: 93
0: out of every 100 churches were a white church, or a black church, or a Mexican church, or a Salvadorian church, or a Korean church, okay? Broken off. What did I say? 93% So there was about 7% that were actually multi-ethnic or multi-racial, but half of those was a black church where the white folk had moved in and they were becoming multi-racial. Or a white neighborhood where the black folk were moving in and they were becoming multi-racial. There was no intention to be multi-ethnic, but that's just sort of what was happening. So there was about 3% of churches who were seeking to be and pursuing and were multi
1: percent
0: That doesn't display Jesus. Cultural practices. But haven't we become more tolerant? I mean, diversity is cool, right? I'm not concerned with other folks and what they do because of their culture or where they're from. As long as they do it in private. I mean, I know it's not technically sinful, right? And as long as they don't come in here and think that we're going to have to adjust to the way that they do things, because especially if I'm a part of the majority, then you should assimilate to the way I do things. And if we are a white middle class church, then you need to act white and middle class. Adjust to us. Maybe we'll have a special service or Sunday for you, and we can recognize you, you know, once a year. But don't expect me to adjust and sacrifice and change the way that we do things and the way that we've been doing things for hundreds of years because you know that our way of doing it is much more biblical anyway. I'm being sarcastic. But that's what we think. That's what's been communicated to me. Languages. Multiple languages in a church usually means multiple services or multiple congregations. If we have people that speak different languages, that have different heart languages, well, let's divide them up and you guys meet over here and we'll meet over here, or you meet at this time and we'll meet at that time, and we're together but we're separate. Because when we get together, there has to be interpretation and translation. And that is not practical. Interpretation is inconvenient. Interpretation is distracting. Interpretation is ineffective.
1: No and
0: interpretation is inefficient.
1: Y no
0: es Doesn't work. I can't get the same understanding. It takes longer. De I'm de so distracted. De I de can't de 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 pay de attention de to de what's de being said.
1: De I, de come de 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 de
0: I come to get fed. Shouldn't they just learn English? I mean, they can sort of understand it, right? It may not be their heart language and how they even speak to God, but hey, adjust to us. So we don't have to go through all of that difficulty. I don't know how many times we've had visitors they will come up to me after the service and they say I understand
1: what you guys are trying to do
0: and it's admirable what you're trying to do it's biblical what you're trying to do but let me just share with you a few things that would make it easier more comfortable for your body why would you put them through them and the first thing, always, always, is about the languages. About interpretation. That's what visitors have told me. I've had pastors walk through this with me, be in full agreement with me biblically, and say, but it won't practically work. You can be multi ethnic, you can be multi class, but multilingual, who's going to tolerate that? Who's going to deal with that? And that's when I have the answer about the interpretation and the translation that they depend on. Now, unless you speak Hebrew or unless you speak Greek,
1: you could not
0: Go to God's Word and hear from Him without a translation. The Bible was not written in English. The Bible was not written in Spanish. All of us, unless you speak Hebrew or Greek, you depend on translation. You have to have and you need translation so you can go and hear from God. The only way, unless you're going to learn another language, and that was the original language, so why don't you learn it so that you can hear from God in that language and we don't have to speak it in English because that is an interpretation. You guys are all benefiting from interpretation right now as you hear me in English or her in Spanish because we're interpreting and speaking about God's Word that was written in Hebrew or Greek. How can we say interpretation is so distracting and inefficient and ineffective and do we really have to do that for others as it's been done for us? Class. I think the class is the most difficult to address in the church because we can ignore it. We can go about our lives. We can act like
1: it's not there.
0: It's not there. Because we prefer ministry to the poor or ministry for the poor. We can do those things. We can have programs. Come and serve the poor, come and minister to them. Check. We're a church that loves the poor. That's not reconciliation. Reconciliation is when we join our lives together and those relationships are restored and I walk with you and you walk with me and we share life together and your problems, your issues become my problems and my issues and my problems and my issues become your problems and your issues and we walk that out together. As family, because we're a part of the same family if we're in Christ. We share life together and minister to one another. And so you can see that it's biblical. To not have all of these distinctions and divisions in the church. But they're not an accurate display. Paul says here, there's not these things. Here in the church, there should not
1: be these things.
0: And I can show you that biblically, I can show others biblically. But you might be thinking and others have thought and come to me and others and part of this church over and over again and they say, and they play this wild card, you have this conversation back and forth. They come to this place of, okay, I'll agree with you. And then they pull out of their back pocket and they lay down the wild card and they say, but a multi-ethnic, multilingual, multi-class church will not grow. Who's going to come? Who's going to participate in something like that? You, by doing this and insisting to have this type of display of Jesus, you're limiting God growing the church. You're limiting the growth of the church, but if you continue to do this, Don't you want to build the church? and that's when I say, "I'm not building it." We're not building the church. God is building his church And this is the image that he uses to describe his church. If you're going to look like the body of Jesus, these things, these distinctions that divide you would not exist. We're multi, multi, multi because we are about the one person, Jesus Christ. And the work that he has done. And if we're about him, then we will be multi. If we're only about him and we don't raise up those other things to have to be the same. Jesus is the same. The gospel is the same. That does not change. But as a result of that, we should be, as his body, displaying this image he says in Revelation 7-9
1: that his
0: church will be from every nation every tongue, every tribe every people that's what his body will look like
1: for eternity
0: and even as Emmanuel said this morning why wouldn't we get comfortable with that now Why wouldn't we seek His kingdom now, here on earth, as it will fully be in heaven? There's nothing else in our lives that we say, this is broken and sinful and messed up, but we'll just wait to heaven till it gets fixed. We won't pursue reconciliation in that. You're torn up inside. You have guilt and shame. Just deal with that when you get to heaven. Don't try and be restored. It doesn't make sense, right? You wouldn't just live with that and deal with that and just let it exist. We would pray, your kingdom come on earth and these relationships as it will be in heaven. And we would seek that. We would seek his kingdom. We would pursue it. That's his vision of the church. And if we resist it and we make it easier to grow the church more comfortable to be in the church so that we can be with others who look like me and think like me and have the same perspective as me and act like me that's not the church that's a club a And if you want to be part of a club, then Living Stones is not the place for you. Those that pay dues for a club, right? They they, they get together with like people and then they go and they become part of this club and separate themselves from those others. Paul says not here in the church and I would say not here in Living Stones because Christ is all and he's in all we gather around him We don't gather around our ethnicity. We don't gather around our language. We don't gather around our class. We gather around Jesus Christ and his ministry of reconciliation that he has given to us. Jesus was not our ethnicity. He was the creator. We're the
1: created.
0: He was Hebrew. We're not. But he broke that barrier. He didn't count the with God, a thing to be grasped.
1: I don't need to hold on to
0: this because I've been given this ministry of reconciliation. He didn't speak our language. But the Word became flesh and walked amongst us so that we could understand who God was. He interpreted, he translated for us this perfect image of God. And he was of a different class. He was of a different class. He was the king of the universe. He was seated high on the throne. And he became poor
1: for our sakes.
0: My hope this morning is that we would actually take an honest look at Jesus' body to look at us and to see if that vision that Jesus has that Paul describes for the church, for his body if we match that are we looking more and more and more like that? Are we displaying Jesus more and more and more? As we live life together, as a multi ethnic, multilingual, multi class, but gospel centered community. If you have questions, please ask me. Please. Start a conversation. If you're like, well, so okay, whatever. I agree with this, but you know, I I sort of disagree with this. But but you know, no. If you don't, you don't see this, and, and 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 are not willing to go along with this, then come and let's dialogue about this. Okay. Because this is who we are. This is who we are becoming. This is our vision. We say it every week. And I say that honestly, I say that openly. Please, I want us to be about this. Let me pray. Father God, Lord, I pray that your word would not leave us the same. Lord, that each of us this morning would not glance at the mirror of your word, but that we would spend time examining it
1: looking at it how it
0: reflects you and how it reflects us es que
1: a ti y vidas a
0: Lord every day we might glance at the mirror as we walk out the door when we're going to an important event, when we're going to a banquet, when we're going to a wedding, to a feast, we would take time to make sure of what we're displaying, what image we are reflecting. And God, we as your family have been invited. We are on our way to the great banquet, to the wedding feast of the Lamb. That we would be there with you, Jesus. That we would be there amongst every nation, amongst every tribe, amongst every tongue. All peoples praising you and worshiping you. God, help us to examine your word. Help us to examine ourselves. And Lord, make us more and more
1: in the image
0: of you, Jesus. That we would be all about you, Jesus. And we would reflect your body. In Jesus' name. Amen.